It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Jason Robel and Whitney Lauritsen. I'm a huge fan of road trips. And recently here on the show, we've been talking a lot about the recent road trip that Whitney took from Los Angeles to the East Coast. And we had a few episodes ago, we talked about the challenges and the preparation, the anxieties, the planning, everything that goes into a road trip, but also a road trip with the backdrop of the COVID-19 pandemic, which at the time of this recording, we are still very much in. But my curiosity is in terms of, Whitney, how you and Leanne were equipped from a food perspective, from a supplies perspective, the cool gadgets you had, the things you ate. Because you know, one of the things for me that makes a road trip, I think, so much more pleasurable is, of course, the company you keep the musical selection and or podcasts or audiobooks you listen to, but the food. If it's your first time joining us, dear listener here on this, might get uncomfortable. Uh, one of the foundational elements and passions that have led Whitney and myself in deeper into the wellness journey is our love of food and food products and cool, innovative inventions and things. So Whitney, I just want to take this whole episode to dive into some of the things you were most excited about food-wise, the things you experienced, and any kind of the gadgets that made this road trip, this cross-country COVID road trip experience a lot more pleasurable and fun for you. So by all means, I'm throwing the baton your way. Take it, baby. I'm really curious to see what things that you're most intrigued by, Jason, and also feedback from the listener as well. We hope that you'll interact with us through social media or the comment section on our website, which is wellevator.com, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com, where you can not only comment, but you could see a whole list of all these brands. And if I can get you any discounts, I will do my best to do so. <laughs> because I think that by the end of this episode, you're probably going to want to buy most of these things, even if you're not going on a road trip, because most of these things can be used anytime, anywhere. And they're pretty awesome. It was, it was actually really fun to be able to try out so many different things. Like Across those 10 days, there's just so much time to experience things in a different way than I did in, you know, at home on an average day in Los Angeles. And then now that I'm in Massachusetts, it's also interesting too, because I'm sharing some of these things with my family and noticing their reactions to them. And of course, when I was driving, I was with my friend Leanne and she was experiencing them too. So it was just kind of neat. Like I love products. I love trying new things, new foods, new gadgets. Like Jason said, it's just like a fun little adventure. And actually, I should give an update. If you did listen to our episode with Leanne, I said in that episode, I had received the notification that my COVID test results were available. So as soon as we finished recording... I went and checked and just want to announce to everybody that I did not contract COVID on that trip, which made it feel like a huge success because throughout the whole time, I kept thinking like, whoa, like what if I did get coronavirus on this trip? You know, Because some people thought it was kind of crazy or bold or brave to do a trip during the pandemic. I think a lot of people are afraid of that. So as Jason said, a lot of the precautions I took 
apparently worked. So that doesn't mean you're ever guaranteed to be safe. So you could do all of the things that I did and still get coronavirus, of course. I feel like you're kind of always teetering on the edge of it. And uh, unless you believe that coronavirus is a hoax, but that's a whole nother conversation. We've kind of already covered that a little bit in our previous episode about conspiracy theories. There's a lot. We actually both watched the documentary, The Social Dilemma, which we're actually going to cover in our next episode that also touches upon this whole idea of COVID being a hoax or a conspiracy. But that's, yes, Whitney, that's a different subject. I'm curious, though, since we are talking about this, and I know we're going to dedicate a huge chunk of this episode to discussing your impressions and your experience with a lot of the favorite brands you had with you. But in terms of precautions, were there any specific products that you had? Like I, you gave me me actually a package before you left of water. They called combat wipes. And so I'm curious if those came in handy for you or there were any other products specifically that you used to try and increase your precautions against COVID. Oh, yes, I did for sure. And the organizer within me is like afraid to jump all over the place in this episode, but we probably will. So <laughs> I'm trying to put everything into categories so that it's easy for the listener to understand everything that we use. So yes, combat wap whoa, Com- combat waps. <laughs> I kind of wish they were called that. No, they're called <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. That'd be a whole nother market. Whole nother market for combat waps. <laughs> combat wipes were something that Leanne and I used a lot throughout the trip. But before I get into actually during the trip, I did want to shout out one brand that I used before the trip, which is Gaia Herbs. They had sent me at the beginning or like kind of the middle period of quarantine and COVID and all that, some of their immune health essentials. So Gaia Herbs, I think we've mentioned before, they're a really wonderful natural herbal brand. I visited their farm in North Carolina. It's incredible. They make wonderful vegan, gluten-free, soy-free, certified organic, in many cases, just amazing products, very eco-minded. And so I actually had a great opportunity to really try their immune support products because I wanted to boost my immune system as, as much as possible before we left. So I was taking their astragalus which is also has some, I'm probably going to botch the name. So Jason, you're going to have to correct me. Shishandra Berry. Is that right? Oh, Shizandra. Thank you. And then <laughs> Ligastrum. What is that? How do you spell it? L-I-G-U-S-T-R-U-M. You have stumped me. I have actually never heard of that. Well, apparently it's another herb that's known for supporting your overall well-being and so they're put together in a formula to help with supporting your resistance from occasional physical and emotional stress and boosting your immune function. So I thought that was a really good one to take. I also took some of their elderberry products and they've made a number of them. They have a syrup that's delicious. They have gummies that are vegan, tasty to enjoy. And then I also brought one of their immune boosting formulations. I'm not sure. I think it was the quick defense. And this was actually great during the trip because at one point, Leanne, my companion on this trip, was feeling a little under the weather. So she took this formulation and you would take like two of the supplements every couple of hours, five times a day 
to help boost your immune system. And I don't know if it's the reason, but she did improve over a day or two after that. So I feel good. You know, it's peace of mind for me, and I'm a big believer in herbal supplements. So it was really nice to take those before I left for the trip and then have them with me. They have a number of things. I also brought their Calm ASAP formulation, which is one of my all-time favorite products from Gaia Herbs. I have that with me just in case I get really stressed. If I'm feeling like anxious or just need some support and calming down, I'll take that. So I also brought a bunch of supplements with me, including a brand that has supported the podcast called Bioptimizers. I took their enzymes with us. I took their probiotics, which are really good. There was one moment during the trip that I felt like my gut was getting a little off. So I started taking probiotics more frequently. And I feel like that really helped me. And then I also brought like their Consta Cleanse just in case I, I needed a little help with that. But luckily, I didn't need to. So I actually brought a lot of supplements with me on this trip because I wanted them for preventative or just like supportive reasons, as well as if anything, like went awry during the trip. So Gaia and Bioptimizers were part of my defense. So I want to get personal for just a second, Whitney, because this is what we do on This Might Get Uncomfortable. One of the biggest things, and you know this because we've not only taken multiple long road trips together, but we've also done a lot of traveling. You and I have been to different countries, different states, many different reasons. I have a tendency to get really constipated and bound up on a road trip. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, when my body knows it's on a trip, it's like, nope, we are shutting down for about a day. Like legitimately, it's at least a 24-hour period. I find when my body's natural cycle of movement, bowel movement starts up again. So TMI or not TMI, you know, were you feeling pretty regular on this trip or did you have some trouble with that too? Well, I don't mind getting into the TMI. Hopefully our listener doesn't mind either, but that's, I think it's important to talk about these things because I also want to talk about vaginal care. <laughs> because that Did you was say a... vaginal? Yes. Instead of vaginal? Oh, you see? I've never heard anyone pronounce it like that. Vaginal, this is, vaginal. This is the way I mispronounce things. How so interesting. No, it's so interesting. Vaginal. I mean, am I the only one that says it that? I mean, it's funny. I get I get corrected for mispronouncing things all the time. I, I realized a few months ago that I was pronouncing accurate wrong. I would say, yeah, just, I think I just said it wrong. Accurate versus accurate. And so I've had to be very intentional about saying it. Yeah, I don't know why some of us, our brains develop differently when it comes to language. So yeah, vaginal, vaginal, I okay. don't know. <laughs> Let's talk about Bowel and vaginal health. <laughs> oh, I feel so called out. Okay. In terms of Bowel or Bowel care, hmm, I definitely did experience it a little in the beginning. I So our first day we drove from LA to the Sedona area. And I didn't go to the bathroom at all that day. And here's the thing. For context, through my research I and just conversations with people that are concerned about COVID, I was really nervous about using public restrooms. So we'll get to the vaginal or vaginal part of that in a moment. But in terms of the bowel side of it, I was like, okay, I want to avoid using the restroom. So I actually packed a little shovel and some dog waste bags that I had to bring anyways for Evie. What I really wanted 
was these neat camping bags that actually have enzymes sprinkled in them and they like come with wipes or toilet paper. It's like this whole little kit so that you can use the bathroom anywhere, anytime. And I think you can dispose of them in a regular trash bin. What I didn't know is you're not supposed to throw human waste into a trash can. It's, I guess, the whole waste management system doesn't allow that probably because of the way it biodegrades. So the best way to use the bathroom is to dig a hole six to eight inches underground. It has to be 200 plus feet away from water. And these are all off the top of my head. I'm not, even after this trip, an expert camper. So if anybody knows better, you can let us know in a comment. But I really encourage you to, to research this. Don't take my word for it because I did very minimal of it. Long story. I went to the bathroom outside a few times and then kind of compromised a little because it was actually very challenging. So to go back in time a little bit, we started off the trip the first day, got to Sedona, didn't use the bathroom, didn't need to. The first campsite we stayed at was really neat. It was, I think, called Dead Horse Ranch, which sounds awful. I don't know where it got its name from, but it was the lovely, highly rated campsite And they had a nice bathroom there. Just to go back to the vaginal side and the TMI for anybody, I was menstruating at this part of the trip, which was another complicated experience. And I think I decided to go use the bathroom so I could change myself properly, which I was trying to avoid. But then I got nervous that I was going to get an infection if I was like, you know, not properly washing myself. And as Jason mentioned, we had the combat wipes. And we also had this brand of wipes called Good Clean Love, and I'll talk about them. But even with the two of those, I just got a little nervous. So I went into the bathroom and I actually used the combat wipes to touch surfaces. So the combat wipes are pretty neat. I believe they're all antibacterial. There's a couple different versions of them, which we'll link to. They have one specially formulated for women called Gaia. And then they have another one. I think it's called Active. I think that was the second one we had. And so Leanne and I would take these wipes and hold them whenever we touched like door handles or faucets or anything else that other people might have touched. And that way we had a barrier in between our hands and something else. I also had a great brand of gloves, which I'll talk about later on called Eco Gloves, but we didn't have that many of them and it felt a little wasteful to use them too much. The wipes actually kind of felt like they made more sense because they also had the antibacterial properties. And it was just like you felt like you were always cleaning something as you touched it. So it was like doing somebody else's service. You know, like every time we touched a handle, we were cleaning it for somebody else. And those wipes are really cool because they will compost. So you can, or compost, you can um, put them in a hole and they'll compost, I think, in like a couple months or something. Again, I don't have all the facts for that brand right in front of me. So I hope I'm getting it all right. And we'll link to the website for you to verify all the facts because. You know, even when I was talking about the supplements, there's so many like particular ways that you're supposed to talk about these brands because of like different federal restrictions or recommendations. It's, it's really interesting. So I'm getting a little off subject. There's a lot to discuss. So long story short, Jason, I did not go number two on the first day, but the second day, maybe it was even the morning of the third day. So the second day we drove from the Sedona area in Arizona up to the border of Utah and Arizona in this town called Page. And the reason we were there is because they had a Tesla supercharger. So if you didn't listen to the other episode, 
we took my Tesla Model 3 on this trip and we had to base a lot of our campsites around where the nearest supercharger was. So we always had enough electric power to get to the next place. So we found one of the best campsites, if not the best campsite we stayed at on the entire trip was at Lone Rock Beach, right outside Page, Arizona. It was technically in Utah, right on the border. And I that was the first time I went number two outside, Jason. So <laughs> it was a little tricky, though, because I was all prepared. I had this shovel, I had my waste bags. I dug a hole or tried to, but because we were on a beach, and we're not like talking a traditional beach, like we were away from other people, but it's like beach sand. And it was like really hard to dig because like the sand had eroded in this one spot. So it like got really hard. There was like rocks there. It was complicated. But that was the first time that I went number two outside and, and like Leanne like kept an eye out to make sure no one was coming and would see me. And I remember I waited until the last moment, like I couldn't hold it anymore. That way I would go really fast. The last thing I wanted was to be like squatting (laughs) in like this public place. And again, no one was super close by, but anybody could have just like driven by at any moment. So I just made it really fast. I was very impressed with how quickly it all happened and then scooped it up. (laughs) I wanted to bury it, but it wasn't an option. So that's where I started to learn that we needed to dispose of our human waste down the toilet. And then that's when we realized maybe it was defeating the whole point of going outside. So because of the terrains that we were in, because of the weather, like we crazy weather on this trip, we ultimately started using toilets to use the restroom because you have to flush your waste down a toilet anyways, unless you have special waste bags. So it's actually more complicated than I thought. I, I thought it would be like, oh, yeah, every campsite's going to have some place to go squat and bury your waste. And it wasn't that easy. It's, <laughs> I'm not even quite sure how to respond because the image of you like waiting till the moment that you were just going to like, <laughs> like you couldn't hold your boop anymore and you running to the sand spot and like, <laughs> That whole scene, Whitney, is just very funny to me. I, though, have found it super liberating, just as an aside, to in the few times in my life that I have defecated outdoors. And the first time I went to Costa Rica, actually, was 2005. And I was helping an old friend who was building a yoga ashram, kind of in the, not the middle of nowhere, but it was definitely the middle of the rainforest. There was no bathroom. So we had to take a post hole digger, like an industrial post hole digger you'd get at Lowe's or Home Depot, and dig like a five, six foot hole into the ground. We built kind of like a basic, I don't even know what you would call it, like wooden structure around the hole. And we would defecate in the hole and put like wood scraps over the poop, over the feces. And that was my first ever experience. I think I was what, 20, 25 or 26 at the time. I was like, wow. Like, this is the first time in my life I'm going to the bathroom outdoors. But you know what? Like, taking a shit over a hole in the ground that you dug yourself, there's something really primal and liberating about it. I don't know. It was kind of awesome. It's nature's squatty potty, which I brought my my portable squatty potty with me, but then realized I wouldn't be able to use it if I was just squatting outside. I have been using it at my parents' house, though. I love my squatty potty. It was kind of like fun, but then like, 
again, where we were at this at this campsite, we didn't have a ton of privacy. There was that's also the place, Jason, where there was like this old man who was like being very nice watching us from his RV and like he would come and check on us. And I was like, is that guy watching me poop outside? So it was like <laughs> it was just moments like that that, you know, in my head, I really thought. I just like go in the woods, you know, like that's what I thought camping was like. But every campsite we went to was so different. And most of them did not have that luxury. There were all different toilet situations based on where we were going. We ended up using hotels a few times because the Tesla charging stations, a number of them are outside hotels. And so we would just have to wear our masks, go inside. We would always have the combat wipes, which doubled so you could take two one for your hands to you know touch the surfaces and then one to wipe with because the combat wipes you can use all over your body and then we also had the good clean love wipes which are the for vaginal care they're wonderful wonderful brand that is made from 95% organic ingredients and they don't have anything that can be damaging to your body and the wipes are very gentle and they don't like irritate you. So you can use them for all of those areas down there. I'm sure men would benefit from them too, although the combat wipes could work as well. But for women being so sensitive and it being a very delicate area, Leanne and I were really grateful for the good, clean love wipes. And that leads me to the other side of vaginal vaginal. <laughs> I'll never be able to say that word again without thinking of this conversation, Jason. The probably more interesting experience was using a female urination device. So I had heard of these and maybe only a few times, but I remember seeing a TikTok video about them recently and being very curious about how this all worked. And, and basically, these are designed to help women of all different ages easily urinate standing up. And you can do it fully clothed. And it's great if you have an overactive bladder, if you have knee or back pain, different ailments, or if, if there is no toilet available, which is exactly why we are using it. And because we were peeing more than we were pooping, on average, this was incredibly useful. So we got sent some of these devices, as they call them, from this brand called Tinkle Bell, which is a cute name. I'm going to have it in all my videos and all this. But if you go look up Tinkle Bell, you, you can see they're, uh, I think, silicone. Let me check. Um, oh, it's a FDA and EU approved medical grade biocompatible plastic. It's non-absorbent, easy to clean, and foldable. So it's got this flexible design with curves specifically for women and urinate through it. And it's got, as Leanne actually came up with a fun name for it. She called it her P-ness, like P-E-E-N-I-S, because it basically is like forming that for you as a woman. And you can actually slip it into your pants if you have a zipper, just like men would. But instead of pulling something out of your body, you're like putting something in there and it can stick out. Or for me, wearing a lot of yoga pants, I was like just pulling down the front of the yoga pants, but I could keep the back up. And that was really neat about them is because you could very discreetly go to the bathroom just like a guy could. 
what was interesting about it, and, and I still don't know, maybe you know this, Jason, I don't know like when it was legal for us to go certain places. I felt like sometimes we were breaking the law a little bit. <laughs> I want to research this more because we just had to be brave and make like a split second decision. And because we weren't, we were really trying to avoid the public restrooms. Sometimes we would need to use the bathroom and it was like a game time decision. Like, are we going to go here? Are we going to keep driving? Are we going to try to find someplace? So that was the iffy situation. Do you know about that, Jason? Like where you're allowed to urinate and where you're not? Is this something guys think about? Like, I'm curious for you too, Jason. Like, have you peed like in all sorts of weird places? Like, I feel like some guys do and some don't. What's the deal with that? I don't know the intricacies of the state laws regarding public urination. I have peed in all kinds of places. I've peed in alleyways outside of bars and clubs. I've peed in two liter bottles. I've pissed in the woods. I've pissed in people's gas tanks before (laughs) as a prank. Yeah, I've peed in a lot of really bizarre situations and locales. The concern that I have was years ago, I remember reading about public nudity, like exposing yourself in public, and how depending on local and state laws are structured that if you were to be caught, that you could potentially be put on a registered sex offender list for exposing yourself in public for public nudity. So I don't know that it's necessarily the urination part as much as it is taking out your genitals in public. Yeah, that's what we were wondering too. And I think Leanne tried to look this up. But that's also the question is because we are keeping our pants on, I mean, it's a little different because guys are pulling something outside of their pants, whereas the only thing outside of our pants was the tinkle bell that we were using. So we weren't technically exposing ourselves. Although at, <laughs> I don't think Leanne mentioned this in her episode, but she, these devices in general are kind of notorious for being hard to use. So before I went on the trip, I actually practiced using mine and that people would like use them in the shower, but I would like do it over the toilet. Because again, they don't necessarily have to be used outside. Like if you have a medical condition, you might not be able to properly sit down in a toilet. So these can be really helpful for that. And so I was practicing and like would have accidents because if they're not properly positioned and you don't have them like aligned correctly, you'll leak or it'll just go spraying all over the place. And Leanne did not get that figured out during the trip. So she gave up on using hers. But I used mine literally more times than I could count. I mean, I'm going to guess I went probably 30 times because I probably urinated at least three times a day (laughs) over 10 days. And I really started to look forward to it. It was fun. There was like that adventure side. We'd, We'd come up with like clever places to go. Sometimes if we had to go on the side of the road, we would like we knew how to like position the car. Sometimes we would have like a towel that one of us would hold. We just got used to seeing each other pee. <laughs> so it definitely brought us uh, closer as friends and then was no longer using the device. So she was just squatting. And so it was kind of fun in a way because like I'm not embarrassed about these things. And once she kind of felt more comfortable with me, it was just neat. Like that freedom to just like pee in front of each other outside. (laughs) That also reminds me, Jason, I think our last campsite night, we both had to go to the bathroom and we ended up going into a restroom. And I don't know why we both went in at the same time. Don't know if there was any logical reason. Maybe we just did. And it was like 
super quiet in there. And Leanne's like, do you want to turn on some music? (laughs) And so we both played some music to like cover up the sounds of us using the bathroom. And so I'll never be able to listen to that song again without thinking about that moment. Well, that was considerate. I mean, I think sometimes when I'm in a public restroom with other men, yeah, the sounds that come out of people's bodies, it's a bit much. Personally, I feel like it's not that I'm offended as much as I am potentially disgusted by other people's bodily sounds that I don't know. That's an aside. I think playing music in a public restroom is probably a good idea. So, (laughs) Whitney, do you have any other, (laughs) as we veer off from, I suppose, urination, defecation, and genitals, do you feel, are there any other, I don't even know, this is just, I feel like there's so many times I want to laugh and I'm laughing on the other side of the mic while you're talking, probably because I have the mentality of a 14-year-old boy in some regards. Are there any other, you know, non-hygienic gadgets or things that you brought that you you were super stoked about? Well, I did want to finish mentioning eco gloves because I thought that was one of the coolest things that I had. So eco gloves are 100% compostable and biodegradable and latex-free gloves. And they're fairly new. I think they started on a crowdfunding website and they had reached out to me when they were doing that. And then I reached back out to them for this trip and they sent me a bunch of them. And at first, I didn't think they were going to last very long because I was using them mainly at the Tesla charging stations. And I think I went to just under 30 charging stations, superchargers, as they call them, over the drive. And actually wasn't that expensive, by the way. Guess how much it cost to charge the car and get across the country from LA to Massachusetts? Total? Yeah. Hmm. $183.45. Wow, it's like price is right style. Um, no, that's way under. It was about $275. Okay, so I was about $100 off. Interesting. <laughs> I'm curious though, Whitney. I thought your... that was really cheap. Yeah, and I'm curious too, if you bothered to do some sort of baseline comparison of what it may or may not have cost you in gas, if say you were driving a comparable midsize sedan. Have you even thought about that? I have thought about it. Maybe you can do some research as I'm talking about this next step, Jason. I'm, I'm sure there's like an average cost. I want to guess it'd be like 300 something because I have done that drive in two gas cars. I did one in my Volkswagen Beetle in 2012. I don't remember how much that cost. And then we did that trip in the Ford Fiesta, but Ford paid for that because that was part of the program that I was in. So I have no idea how much that gas cost. But I remember. For our trip to Colorado last year, which was about a thousand miles, I think that was around eighty dollars. That seems way too low, though. It couldn't have possibly. Maybe it was like a hundred and fifty. Oh, because it was round trip. It might have been eighty dollars one way. That would make more sense. So, but to me, like that doesn't seem like that much money. Even to go to San Francisco from LA, I think it was only like forty dollars or something like that. I could be way off. But to me, it it didn't seem like a major expense. And staying in the campsites, we our total trip, just for context, was around $700 for two people. So we split the Tesla charging. We split the campsites. We ate some meals across the country. We brought some of our own food. And I'm going to talk about a lot of the snacks that we ate along the way. But we stopped at some restaurants. But to me, $350 per person like felt like a pretty cheap 
trip, considering that that was for 10 whole days. Like, you know, like that's like $35 a day for us to take this trip and to have a really amazing experience. $35 a day feels very, very affordable. Well, I did some basic math on the, I mean, I would need to know exactly how many miles I didn't look up exactly how many miles. And I also don't want to eat up precious minutes on the podcast, but if you were to get in a midsize sedan that was getting about 33 miles to the gallon and you had a 14 gallon tank, which is kind of standard for a regular midsize car at about, I think 350 a gallon for gas at a 14 gallon tank, that's going to be around $49 per fill up. So I think at $49, depending on how many often you stop to fill up, 49 times six, 49 times six full fill-ups of the tank is $294. So it's about the same price. Yeah. Maybe yeah. a little, I mean, obviously a little bit more, but yeah, it was um, probably a little over 3000 miles because we went from LA, we kind of went up a little bit across the country. We went to New York city and then I went up to Massachusetts And a few times we got free charging, maybe only once. Hmm, Let me think about this. I know for sure we got free charging at Red Rocks Amphitheater outside of Denver, Colorado, which was very surprising. They didn't have a supercharger, but they had a regular electric car charger. And so we went there to eat lunch and hang out and charge the car for a little bit, which was really nice. I don't know if we used any other chargers, though. So I think it was almost entirely Tesla superchargers. And so coming back around to the gloves, I had read online that people were really recommending that you use gloves when disposable gloves specifically, whenever you were touching gas pumps at the gas station. So I thought that I should do the same for the Tesla superchargers. But here's the interesting thing. I mean, the gloves were great, by the way. There were two pairs, but I would only use one, not two pairs, but there was a pair of gloves in each pack. And they come in like a little pack of of a pair, right? So you would open them up and they would stay very hygienic. And so I would just use one at a time in on one hand and just use that one hand to touch the supercharger, uh, for lack of a better term, pump to plug into my car. And then I would carefully take it off and put that on the floor of my car and then carefully put it back on without touching the outside. And that way I could reuse the glove, to technically be using it twice per pump and just being very mindful. I don't know. Like it was moments like that. I'm thinking, I hope this is hygienic. But in between, anytime I would take the glove off, I would put on some hand sanitizer. It just seems silly to use a new glove every single time I touch something. Like even though these are compostable and biodegradable, it just felt really wasteful. So it was moments like that where you're you're thinking like, do I, am I wasteful? Am I being too risky? Like that was a little nerve wracking. And then it was also interesting because we started off in California, then we went to Arizona, then we went into Utah. And then from Utah, we went up through Wyoming and South Dakota. As soon as we left Utah, we were pretty much the only car charging at the Tesla superchargers. Before we left Utah, there were usually a bunch of cars. Some of them were even full when we got to the superchargers. And for anybody wondering, because I get a lot of questions about having a Tesla you usually don't have to wait more than 10 minutes if the parking lot or the superchargers are taken. The only time we got somewhere that was full, there was only four chargers in the station and it was at a hotel that was jam-packed in Moab, Utah. Every other station we went to had at least a few open, even when they were kind of busy. 
And so I remember pulling up in Moab and thinking, oh my gosh, how long do we have to wait? But I knew from my experience in Los Angeles, where it's very common to go to a supercharger that's full, there's a quick turnover. Most cars only charge for 30 minutes at a time. So I guess the very most you would wait somewhere is 30 minutes. And the cars are designed to keep you entertained. So you can watch movies in the car. You can listen to music, of course. You can play a game. They have like games built into the Teslas. You can scroll on your phone. And that was a big thing too, is I think a lot of people think it's going to take so long to do all this charging. But Leanne and I found that the time flew by because we were eating in the car, we were talking, we were organizing things, we were using the bathroom. Like Even before the pandemic, I mean, I would go use the restroom at a charging station and come back to the car and it was like almost done charging. (laughs) So it's amazing how quickly time goes by. But to finish out about the Eco Gloves, I loved them. They just work really well and um, it's nice that they're compostable and biodegradable. So I thought that was a really good eco-friendly option for touching surfaces like the Tesla superchargers. I actually want to get uh, some of those eco gloves, Whitney, for my upcoming trip. I'm going to be flying cross country. Well, not quite cross country, close from uh, LA to Detroit to visit my mom and my family. And I thought that is going to be a nice thing to do. I had a short flight recently from LA to Denver that was less than two hours. It was like an hour and 45 minutes. And I had a lot of precautions with me. But I think with all of the surfaces and the airports and on the plane and whatnot, I definitely want to get a box of these gloves. So with these gloves, do they don't come by the pair. They come with like a box. How many are in a box? No, they do come by. I mean, they come in like a bag. And I think there are 20 something in a bag, 24 maybe. I think that's 24 pairs. I didn't count. I forget off the top of my head, but they they come in like a little bag full of um, individually wrapped and technically not. I don't even know why it's so hard for me to describe this, but it's a pair of gloves wrapped in a little pouch, like a um, paper pouch that you rip open. And then each of those pairs is part of like a little set that you get of 24 or so. Gotcha. So each one is hermetically sealed in its own package. Each pair. Yes. Got it. But like I said, I thought it was a little wasteful because I usually only needed one hand. So I would just open up the pair, use one of the gloves, and then dispose of it. And then I would use another pair next time. Gotcha. So boy, what else? What other highlights? What other things did you, were you surprised? Let's go with surprise and delight. That's something that you and I have had a tick for a few years on of like, I want to be surprised and delighted. Which is a term that surprise and delighted is a term that they use at the Apple store for employees. It's like that's one of their big mission statements is to surprise and delight people, which I always love that term. Well, the last hygienic thing I would mention, which I thought was really cool, and this is the product I mentioned that everybody wants to buy after I mention it. So get your pocketbooks ready. Uh, (laughs) That's like a phrase you would say, Jason. No, not something you would say? Depends on my mood. (laughs) It it depends on my mood and which character I'm embodying that day. (laughs) But yes, potentially it it would be a catchphrase, a J-Row catchphrase, yes. 
I always feel so awkward saying things like that, but I feel like you say them with such ease and grace, Jason, like you just like have these little voices and stuff and yeah, it just doesn't quite fit my personality. But anyways, this product is incredible and useful well and beyond the pandemic. It is called Suds to Go, the number two. Suds, like suds of soap and the number two, Go all one word. And again, we're going to link to every single product. If I can get you discount codes, I think I actually do have a discount code for suds to go. So if you are excited about it and anything else we mention, go to wellevator.com. That's spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. Find this episode. It is episode 127. And if you just type in like road trip, if you type in suds to go, you'll find it really easily. We have a little search bar on our website. And it's in the podcast section, by the way. We have our like blog section of our website and we have a podcast section. So go to the podcast and find this episode. So Suds to Go is a portable hand washing station and it's brilliant. One of my friends, Lena, told me about this after she did a mini road trip with her family. And we were, I was asking her how she kept herself and her family clean and safe and hygienic and all that. And she said, oh my gosh, you have to get Suds to Go. And I reached out to them and they sent me and Leanne each our own hand washing stations. And so they basically look like a stainless steel water bottle. Like if you have a hydro flask, for example, it looks like that with this little attachment on it. And on one side in the, in the kind of um, stainless steel bottle looking side, you fill it up with water. It doesn't have to be filtered water, any, any water you want, as long as it's clean. And then on the other side, there's a little soap dispenser where you'll put in a soap that can foam. And Leanne actually found that Dr. Bronner's worked really well, the Castile soap, because that foams up really nicely. I use some from the brand whose name I'm blanking on right now. Gosh, they sent us products. It starts with the something basic. Branch Basics, I think, is the brand. They make a wonderful foaming hand soap that's all natural, of course, that I've been using at home for a long time. So I put that in one side, the water in the other, and it has this little pump that you press and it pumps out hand soap. And then you flip it around and use the water and it has a special dispenser that like drips out water for you. So it's not like, you know, a regular water bottle, you'd be like pouring and wasting all this water. You kind of shake this water bottle upside down and it sprinkles out water onto your hands and you can wash your hands wherever you are. So Leanne and I each had our own. We had them on either side of the car and then they had a towel in the middle console of the car. And, and every time we needed to, we could just open up the side door, wash, like use some soap and rinse our hands and then use a towel. And it was like... <laughs> Using a sink. It was really awesome. And Lena, my friend who told me about this, was saying it was a game changer for having kids too because they get dirty so much. So that way, we were able to keep our hands super clean. We also had a huge bottle of hand sanitizer. So usually we would double up. We like wash our hands and then use the hand sanitizer just to be safe. And that plus the combat wipes and the eco gloves, like I feel like my hands were super clean the entire trip. Okay. So did you guys share food? Did you have individually packaged foods? Like what, before we get into like the food side of things, which I'm most curious about, of course, 
Like, what was the agreement that you and Liad had in terms of how you were going to interact? Obviously, you were in close quarters. You were sharing a car together. What was the agreement you guys had in terms of, say, sharing food? Well, we pretty much shared everything on the trip in terms of like keeping it sanitary. We knew that we were going to be together for 10 days. And she actually was in a bit of a quarantine situation for five days prior to that. Certainly not long enough for the official 14 days they recommend, but it was kind of the best we could do given the situation. And so she was able to like monitor her health and make sure she was doing okay. And then it was kind of like a matter of trust for us to go on this trip and know that we were in it together. So we would do our best like to try not to drink out of the same containers or, or like touch each other's food. We would find ways to split things, you know, various snacks that we had. So I'll break it down into a couple of categories. We've got like the snacks, the meals, the drinks, and well, like and drinks could be split into like hydrating drinks, like kind of sweet, enjoyable drinks, and then also some alcoholic drinks that we had. So where should I start on that spectrum, Jason? What are you curious about? I mean, let's just start with the party and talk about alcoholic drinks first. <laughs> and wow. Why fuck around? This coming from a guy that doesn't really drink that much. I'm a little surprised. Well, that's probably because I'm living vicariously through you too. Ah, mm, okay. So yeah. Well, it's fun because two of my favorite adult beverage brands are Bonterra, who makes amazing organic wine. And they just came out with canned wine, which is becoming a pretty popular category. I got into canned wine during the pandemic. There's a lot out there, but what I found very tricky was finding vegan canned wine and then organic vegan canned wine is like on a whole nother level. And Bonterra really takes the cake. I mean, their wines in general are delicious. They have boxed wine. They have, you know, your traditional glass bottled wine, but their canned wines are beautiful and they're cute and they're portable and they're just lovely. I actually really got into their red wine. It's called a young red that was my favorite. I really like their Sauvignon Blanc and they have a rosé and they sent me some of each of those. And we actually didn't drink it as much as I thought we were going to because Leanne found that drinking alcohol before bed made it hard for her to sleep. And we had some sleep challenges on the trip. <laughs> so um, we didn't drink that much. We drank and I don't want to drink by myself. I'm not that big of a drinker. I like to socially drink. One night we drank outside of Denver with her friend who came and did some physically distanced camping with us, which was kind of neat. And we set up like a picnic table with all of these foods. And I brought out Bonterra as well as the other alcohol I had, which is from Owl's Brew. And it's amazing. It's boozy tea. And Owl's Brew has been around for a while. I discovered them at the Natural Products Expo. They've always done these really cool, like, I think they're botanical, you know, herbal tea-based flavors. I love drinks that are really unique. And Owl's Brew is definitely one of them. And they make these three flavors of boozy tea. And they don't actually say on their cans what type of alcohol it is. Like I, I think it might be pr proprietary. Propi I can't say it. What's the word, Jason? Proprietary? <laughs> yeah. You were close on the second attempt. Pro yeah. Proprietary. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> They're beautifully formulated. Like they use like Earl Grey and hibiscus tea. And I don't remember what the third one is off the top of my head, but 
they have like a watermelon flavor and they're just so cool. They have beautiful colors and the both brands, their designs are amazing. So both of them are canned. So they're super portable and delicious. And that was just a lovely experience. I So we had those at the Denver campsite. And then the second time we had them was when I visited my family in Cleveland, Ohio, and we had a physically distanced picnic and they made like this huge feast. We had like a potluck style, which was really neat. Not, I guess we didn't, we brought the drinks. <laughs> that was our contribution to the potluck. And my cousins were very impressed with Owl's Brew and Bonterra. Okay. So other beverages that you feel like anything that's not caffeinated or alcoholic? <laughs> well, of course I brought Mad Tasty, which is my favorite one of my favorite beverages. I, I love coffee. So we'll talk about coffee too. But Mad Tasty was the <laughs> uncaffeinated, non-alcoholic drink of choice for this trip. I brought all three flavors of their CBD sparkling water. So the grapefruit, the watermelon, and the unicorn tears, which is I think like passion fruit or something. Or is it passion? What is it, Jason? Do you remember? I thought it was dragon fruit. That's what it is. Thank you. Yeah. It was one of those. Yes. So Mad Tasty came along for the adventure. And I also got the new bottles from Life Straw. So Life Straw is a brand I've been using for a few years. That's really neat. They have these water filters that you can take with you everywhere. And actually even like the huge part of their branding is getting water from a stream and filtering it out. It filters out parasites and bacteria. It does not filter out viruses. I remember very distinctly them saying that. You should go to their website and read up about everything they filter out, but they do a great job. It actually impacts the taste. So I've been bringing Life Straw with me everywhere, especially on planes. So Jason, I really recommend you getting them because when I was flying often, I would always bring a life straw with me. I have four now, <laughs> technically three. I've So they have a, a couple different designs and they just came out with this new one within a stainless steel bottle, which is beautiful. It's a great size and the straw fits right into it. You can also get the universal life straws and that way you can put it in your existing water bottles. And then they have a collapsible one that I have too. I just love this brand so much because I'm very passionate about filtered water. And originally, I really wanted a life straw for f going on flights because I didn't like using plastic bottles. You know, when you would go on a flight due to hygiene, they would insist on giving you a plastic bottle, like a mini bottle of water. And it was always that like struggle between like, do I stay hydrated or do I ruin the environment? You know, <laughs> like, what do I do? Uh, or I should say, you stay hydrated and you ruin the environment. or you save the environment, but now you're dehydrated. So the life straw solved that problem. What I would do at the airport is bring my life straw bottle or you know the universal straw, and I would fill up the water bottle at one of those drinking fountains that wasn't filtered, and then just pop your life straw in there and you can suck through it. And as you suck through the straw, it filters it out for you and it completely changed the taste. I think it gets rid of chlorine, but don't quote me on that. It's on their website. <laughs> so anyways, the life straw was great for this trip. 
we did not end up getting any stream water because that made me a little nervous. But um, we would just, you know, get water anywhere and know that we could always get it filtered. Like, so if we had to go into a gas station or something or a random water filter fountain, I should say, we could just fill it up and the life straw saved the day. Yeah, I've been meaning to actually have this in my arsenal for a long time. I think you were the first one years ago, Whitney, who told me about Life Straw, and I remember meeting them at uh, the Natural Products Expo. But given the fact that, who knows, but for the foreseeable future, it seems that our travel precautions are going to be on a higher level, whether that's road tripping or flights, uh, I think I definitely want to get hooked up with one of these for sure. All right, let's move into caffeinated beverages. So coffee is a huge one for me, and I actually brought... (laughs) more coffee than I ended up drinking. I surprised myself and barely drank coffee on this trip. I think just out of lack of convenience. I even brought instant coffee, but I never used it. Oh, wait, I take that back. We did use instant coffee once on the camping night we did with Leanne's friend. He actually brought a way for us to boil water. I think that was part of it is because The only time we had access to hot water, which I'll talk about when we discuss the meals that we ate, we got most of our hot water from gas stations. I really wanted to get some sort of system for the car that could boil water, but it was actually very complicated. And I couldn't find anything that was like, had great reviews or was affordable enough. There was one thing that I tried to get, but they were like, had trouble shipping it or something. Long story short wasn't able to figure out a simple way to boil water in the car, not while it's driving, but like, you know, you could plug it into the car when it's parked. So Leanne and I got hot water from gas stations to make some of our meals. And we felt like it was such a treat. This one night we went camping with her friend outside of Denver because he brought one of those like propane burners and he brought like a little pot and boiled us water. And then we used instant coffee to make some really lovely coffee and like it's funny how things taste better when you haven't had them in a while or like when you really appreciate something. So even though the instant coffee wasn't anything special, it just tasted incredible because like that was the first time I had hot coffee on the trip. However, we did have chilled coffee at the ready thanks to Elmhurst, which is a brand both Jason and I love. Jason's worked with them before. They sent me over a great selection of their products. They sent some of their lattes and they have three different types. They have a coffee latte, or wait, maybe four, a coffee latte, a cacao coffee latte, like a mocha. That one was my favorite. It was phenomenal. They have a matcha latte and a golden milk latte. And so we had all of those, but we only had like two of each. (laughs) So we like used them sparingly. And split every bottle. So it was never like a huge amount of caffeine, which is probably for the better. And then Elmhurst also sent over a bunch of their milks. And we would use those milks for our breakfast. We would have granola in the morning and mix it with some of the Elmhurst milk. And we could have mixed that with the instant coffee. That I brought that along just in case. And then we could have made teas. I think we actually did. One night or one day, we had Peak Tea, which is another brand Jason and I love. And I think we might have a discount code for them too. But again, we're going to link to every single brand in the show notes. So if you're sitting here wanting this tea or coffee, go check out the list of brands at wellevator.com in the podcast section. 
and go to this episode because any discounts we can get you, the listener, we will give you. Or if not, you can just uh, stay tuned. We'll get you a discount in the future. So anyways, Elmhurst really helped me with satisfying my caffeine needs. Plus there was Celsius, which I brought with me. Celsius makes a wonderful natural energizing drink. I was going to say energy drink. Energizing works too. And I brought actually their little instant packets, which you can just put into water. And the flavor, I think is a raspberry flavor. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. I think it's raspberry, but Celsius tastes amazing. If you're into energy drinks, I highly recommend them. And beyond the taste, I really appreciate that Celsius does not make me feel like cracked out for lack of a better word. It's, it gives me a nice smooth energy boost and it doesn't make me feel like I'm crashing, but I'm always very mindful to not have too much. So you have to monitor how much you have of things like that. And I had Celsius a couple times when I was driving and just feeling kind of tired. Jason, I gave you a can of Celsius. Have you tried it yet? No, but you know what I'm going to do, I think? While you're riffing, I'm going to walk over to the fridge and crack one of them open and do a real-time taste test. We have not done that on the podcast yet. Yes. Excuse me. I gave you one. Well. Did you take two? Yes. You did, didn't you? Oh my gosh, you little sneak, you just got caught. Well, I wanted to give Laura one. Ah, I see. Well. And you had 24 cans sent to you, so. (laughs) Yeah, a little behind the scenes is Celsius sent me 24 cans to take on my trip, but they didn't arrive until the after I left. So I ended up taking their little portable packets that you mix into water. And they're wonderful. And actually, it saved a lot of space. But I'm a little bummed because the one that Jason's about to try is my favorite flavor. And it's a green tea. I think, is it mango? When Jason gets back. Yeah, I'm going to go grab it right now. Okay. (laughs) That one is unbelievably good. It's just one of the best energy drinks I've ever had. And I really just love Celsius in general, their formulations are really good and they have all these different flavors. So I was never really that into energy drinks, but having them around for those moments where you feel just really tired and you need something like if you're driving a long distance, it's really helpful to have those. And there was a couple days on my trip where I was so tired and I didn't feel like coffee was going to do it for me, even though the jasmine green tea from Peak actually gives me a huge boost of energy. (laughs) I think Celsius is my go-to if I really need some energy. Okay. I am back. We're going to do a real-time... I think this is, Whitney, the first like real-time taste test. We've always tried products and then talked about it, but I think this is the first one. So let's uh, let's give this a shot. Here we go. Ooh, I love the sound effects. (laughs) No pressure, Jason. You have to give your real opinion. I I want to hear it. Okay. I like the peach mango flavor profile. It's too sweet for me though. It's too sweet, honestly. And I know that that's really strange coming for me because I have like a major sweet tooth, which I've discussed here on the podcast, but what is it sweetened with? Let me see. Sucralose. I like the flavor of it. I wish the green tea flavor was cranked a little bit higher because I feel like the fruit flavor is so out in front, which I like the peach and mango. Those are two of my favorite fruits. I just think, I think it's oversweetened for me. I think they put too too much sucralose in it. 
Well, there you go. Not everybody loves everything and agrees on everything. I personally think that flavor is outstanding. I do really like the peach, mango, and green tea combination. It also might grow on you, Jason, because I agree. That's why I don't like most energy drinks as they tend to like crank up the sugar. But I also think that, isn't it sugar-free? I thought it was sugar-free. I think they use stevia and monk. What are the grams of sugar on it? Yeah, it's no aspartame. It's no high fructose corn syrup. Grams of sugar. Let me see. Um, Let me see. What the hell? It says no sugar, but then when I look at the nutrition fact panel on the back, it actually doesn't list the grams of sugar at all. That's why I thought it was sugar-free. I guess it is. I wonder if, isn't it stevia and monk fruit or one of the other, one of the two? No, it says sucralose. Hmm. A mystery. I'm not even sure. I need to Google sucralose. What the hell is sucralose? Let's find out. (laughs) I feel like I should know this after writing a book on keto and uh, all the sugar alternatives out there. Well, I would say that Celsius is worth a try because, uh, I really enjoy it. But, you know, that's the thing is we give our honest opinions on this show. And I think it's nice when Jason is very honest about his experiences with things. I'll keep talking because there is one other drink company that I wanted to mention since we were talking about hydration earlier. The last product I want to shout out in the drink category is Kinderlight, and they make an electrolyte product. So it's kind of like a natural version of Gatorade. And also is very low in sugar. It's not sugar-free. Maybe they use stevia or monk fruit. I'm getting some of these brands confused, but it's um, they come in little packets just like the Celsius does and the Peak Tea. All of them come in like these very compact packets that you can just mix into water, which makes them great for travel. And I loved Kinderlite. I'm not a huge electrolytes drinker, like in terms of like a Gatorade or something like that. Coconut water would probably be the closest, but I don't even drink that very often. But I got pretty hooked on Kinderlite for two reasons. One, it's nice to be hydrated, but two, their flavors are so good. They have a fruit punch that I love. They have a wild berry, a lemon lime, and a lemonade. And I thought they were all very satisfying. They just have like a salty flavor to it because that's part of how electrolytes work, I suppose. And, um, I just thought they were great. So I've I've actually just, I'll just drink Kinderlite on a day where I just want something kind of sweet to drink as a, an alternative to coffee or tea. And it really hits the spot. You know, what's interesting, Whitney, is like I'm drinking this uh, Celsius right now and I'm kind of waiting for the Guarana and the taurine and the green tea to kick in to see how it affects my body. So I'm trying not to slam it because I'm pretty sensitive to caffeine. And we've talked about our mutual affinity for matcha uh, green tea. So as you're pontificating about these products, I'm just kind of like in the background, like waiting to see how my body responds to this product. I really... (laughs) So if I'm a little bit quiet, it's because I'm waiting to see what this does to me. I would definitely... For you, Jason, and anyone else listening, I find a half a can of that particular flavor does it for me. So I would probably start with like maybe a fourth or a third of the can and then wait a little bit. And it also acts pretty fast. I notice within like 30 minutes or less. So you, you should probably feel it before we wrap up this episode today. And then you can give your full Celsius review. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take it slow because anytime I try a new product, I'm just never sure. My body tends to be pretty sensitive in terms of supplementation. And because this has like, like I mentioned, guarana, ginger extract, taurine, caffeine like it's got a lot of good stuff in here and also 
it's got a ton of nutrients too. Vitamin B6, niacin, B12. That's what I'm saying. It's a really good formulation. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to sip. I'm going to sit back and sip and see what happens. Okay. Well, I will move on to the snacks and meals portion of this. So since I mentioned breakfast, I'm not a big breakfast eater, but Jason is and Leanne is. And so I wanted to be prepared. And Jason wasn't on the trip, but I'm just throwing him in for good measure. We ended up eating this incredible breakfast most days from Kip's Granola Bark. Oh my gosh. I am a little bit hooked on them. This is amazing granola. You haven't tried it yet, have you, Jason? I have not, which is funny because I would consider myself a granola connoisseur. I, as a category, I love to try new granola and I have it every single morning in my morning smoothie bowl. So no, I haven't tried this one yet. What did you think? It's so good. They sent me two flavors. One is like a cinnamon and the other is a chocolate. And the only downside is that the bags were a little too small, probably because Leanne and I split them and we were trying to like save them so that we had enough for the trip. And I, I can't remember how many bags we got, maybe 10. So we split every bag every morning. And as I said earlier, we would mix it with some Elmhurst milk. But the coolest thing about this granola is that it's a bark. So you actually don't need to mix it with milk. It's not in small pieces. It's like little chunks of it or big, or I'd say like medium-sized chunks, bark style. And it was just amazing for breakfast. Like it hit the spot, great flavors, great crunch. I didn't feel like it tasted super granola-y. I think it's great that they call it a bark because it didn't taste like traditional granola. It tasted like somewhere in between granola and a food bar, but it was very like crunchy and hard in the best way possible. And that the chocolate one is outstanding. I felt like Leanne and I were like really carefully eating it because we didn't want any of it to go to waste. So that was like one of the more memorable things that we had. But since I'm not a big breakfast person, I generally just have coffee in the morning. So I would pour myself one of the Elmhurst lattes, have some of the granola, and I was good to go. And then we also had some food bars and some energy bites with us. So going back to energy, the food bars were also a big highlight of the trip. We got sent products from this company called Grab the Gold. And I was a little skeptical of them at first. Like they look kind of like old school, like 1970 vegan food. No offense to them, but like just something about the packaging. They 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 or they remind me of like the old school Olympics. I don't maybe it was the name. <laughs> the product itself looks like hockey pucks. So for me, I saw them and thought, there's no way these are good. But they are. They're so good. They sent a peanut butter and jelly flavor, which was like a peanut butter and oats with raisins in it. I'm generally not a fan of raisins, but those are really satisfying. And then they sent a chocolate peanut butter, which was phenomenal. And they're really thick. But Leanne and I found that we could split one of these bars. Again, just imagine a hockey puck. like They're circular and really thick. And we would cut them in half and feel super satisfied from them. And they sent us a ton of those bars. So I still have some leftover and I get to enjoy them now just on a day when I want uh, a little snack. And in fact, before I even went on the trip, I opened up the bars to try them. (laughs) And like, I think I did that a few days before we left for the road trip. And I had to contain myself because every time I was like low on energy and wanted something in between meals, 
I'd feel so tempted to have one of these bars. So um, yeah, they're really good. I think I'll I'll continue to enjoy them. I just haven't seen them in stores, so you'll probably have to order them online. Nothing I love more than uh, nutritious foods shaped like sports equipment. Hockey pucks. You had me at hockey pucks, Wit. <laughs> I actually think you'd really enjoy them, Jason, but I don't know if any will last when I get back to Massachusetts. We'll see. We'll see what we can make happen. Uh, speaking of bars, too, the other product that I tried, I don't know if they made their way to you yet, Jason, but the brand certainly did want to send you some to try as well. It's called, I hopefully I say the name right, Mezcla. And I was really excited about these because they have very unique flavors. They have a Japanese matcha bar. They had a Peruvian chocolate. I don't know if that one is the same. Wait, I think there is a Peruvian like peanut butter chocolate. And then the third one was the hot chocolate, like a Mexican hot chocolate. I think those are the three flavors. And they're really unique because they remind me kind of like crispy rice chocolates. What's the the Nestle's Crunch Bar? Like kind of like that thing. Like I think they actually use rice and just very unique texture, great flavors, not too strong in flavor, a little bit more of a dessert than an energy bar, but we would alternate between those and the grab the gold bars. And it was just nice to have that variety. I think having a variety of food bars on a road trip is a big key. And those are brand new. I, their packaging is beautiful. I was really pulled into them because of the the Japanese or the yeah, the Japanese matcha bar that they have. I thought that really caught my eye. Did they send you any yet, Jason? No, I still have to connect with them. They've been on my list. I truth be told, I'm I'm still somewhat backlogged with promoting other brands that have sent me stuff. I think I'm like mm, three or four brands deep with still needing needing to do some shout outs. So I'm trying to get those off my plate so I can inv- invite some new brands to try. You and I mentioned this, I think, on a previous episode that sometimes we just get, and by no means this is not like playing the tiny violin, but brands like to send us stuff for review and I'm just a bit backlogged right now. So I still have to reach out. That's the long answer. I totally get it. And that was one of the joys of this road trip as I got to finally try a bunch of products and feature them on this podcast. And I'm going to be doing a lot on social media sharing the visuals of all these brands. So I'll just go few, I'll go through some of the others just to share like what I felt like was really helpful on this trip. Also wanted to have like some savory snacks. So the four savory snacks we had was some mushroom jerky from this brand called Vegki, I think is how you pronounce it. Let me see. Hopefully I'm getting it right, but they're made with shiitake mushrooms and were super satisfying, spelled V-E-G-K-Y. And it was really satisfying. It reminded me of like old school vegan jerky, but soy-free and gluten-free. And they sent us a variety of flavors, um, a plain, a spicy, a pepper, curry, and wasabi. And Leanne absolutely loved these. These were a big highlight for her. For me, I'm a little sensitive to soy and they did contain soy sauce. So I was only able to have a little bit of them. But what I did have really hit the spot. I'm, I'm really glad that we brought those. We also brought I think you've tried these before, Jason, a brand called Crunch Stirs, Crunch Stirs. And they make these little, I think they're mung beans. And they're great for like sprinkling on your salads, but you can also just like pour them into your hand and eat them. They're just very tiny. So you have to be careful in the car that they don't fall into all the cracks. But they have some really unique flavors, including like a smoky bacon flavor. 
and a balsamic vinegar. Have you tried those? I feel like you have, Jason. I have. I haven't tried the balsamic. I've tried the smoky one, but no, I haven't. I haven't done the balsamic flavor. There, I like them. It's <laughs> it's it's one of those things where like I feel like when I got a bag, I was kind of just going, you know, kind of ape shit, just eating it all the time. And sometimes I feel like with products, I have a tendency to eat a lot of them in the beginning and then get a little bit burnt out and then not want to eat them for a while. So I need to be careful uh, when I get introduced to a new product to not overdo it because then I'll be like, ah, I don't want that flavor for a while. Fair enough. And that can easily happen when you're on a road trip too. But I actually don't think I got burnt out on any of these things. It's probably a good idea that they didn't send us a ton. I didn't want to like pack the car full of food. As fun as that sounds, we we had limited space. So only got a few things, including actually, there was one brand that I wish had sent more product. It's called Eat Makana, I think. And those um, are lily seed puffs or lotus seed. I have to double check. I think it's lily. Do you remember, Jason? I think they're used interchangeably because I've seen lily seeds, but I've also seen lotus seeds. Maybe they are. Yeah. This company calls them lily seeds. And they're very satisfying. They're very allergy-friendly. They sent us just one small bag of each of their flavors. The Himalayan pink salt. Oh, I guess they do have more flavors. Maybe we only got to try a couple of them. The other one was a vegan cheddar. And Leanne and I love them. Actually, just thinking about them is making my mouth water. And you know that's a good sign. I feel like lily seeds have such a unique texture and flavor to them. They're just very special. Like the packaging of the Eat Makana is like just really sweet. I don't know. It, it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And then lastly, in the, the savory, but on the border of sweet side, we had some squeezable macadamia nut butters from Superfat, which is so satisfying. And these are so great for energy. And they have a few different varieties. My favorite and and kind of the only one that I can have is the pure macadamia. And it comes with a probiotics, I think is in it. It's in the white package and it's outstanding. Like if you like macadamia nuts, this one is, they just nailed the flavor and the texture of it. It's just like perfectly creamy. And it comes in this tiny little pack, but it's like just the right amount. There's probably like a couple tablespoons of nut butter in there. And then you can actually like rip off the top of it and squeeze out more nut butter, which it's a very well-designed packaging. And then they have some that are combined with coconut and almonds. And I'm really sensitive to almonds, so I can't enjoy those. There's one with coffee, but super fat is just great. They're very high quality ingredients, very pure and simple and just full of flavor and very portable. I think they'd be great if like for any type of trip. I was also going to say for school or for work, like you can throw them in your drawer. They don't have to be refrigerated. You can put them on bread or crackers, but I just like to eat it right out of the tube. And so because it's in that squeeze tube, you just put it in your mouth and squeeze it out. And it's great. It gives you a nice boost of energy from all the fat content. Um. Okay. So should I move into the sweet side of the... That's my favorite personally. Yeah, that is. That's, I mean, I, you have like a sigh there, Jason. Like, I know these are a lot of things we brought on this trip. I feel like we, you're getting a little burnt out. 
<laughs> no, I mean, part of it is just like, <laughs> I'm also hungry and kind of wish I had some of those snacks oh, here right I'm now. Make, I'm making you um, <laughs> a little envious of our experience. Well, I'll make this quick so you don't, you don't get too jealous. There was three sweets that we had and they were each so unique. And I, I actually thought this was a great variety of sweets to have. Number one is Magic Dates Energy Bites. I'm not a big date fan, but these blew me away. I think I actually gave you a pack. Did you eat them, Jason? Yeah, you actually gave me a few. I really like the lemon ones the best. Yeah. Lemon ones are almost like, they remind me of the flavor. This is going to be a little throwback to another one of our favorite old school brands, Hail Mary. You, They still do yes. have lemon tartlets. And I feel like the lemon flavor harkens back to those lemon tartlets from Hail Mary. I really like the lemon the best. I agree. I think the lemon is the best. There's also a coconut and a cacao. They're all great and they're mixed with nuts. They're very well flavored and, you know, dates give you energy because of the sugar content and they really hit the spot and a little bit goes a long way. Like dates are something I can get burnt out on really easily. So I just found like one of them was plenty for me. And the other brand, there's two brands of chocolates that we had in addition to like some other brands I brought from home, you know, just to have on hand in case we needed it. But undercover chocolate, I know you've had this, Jason, they're the quinoa, like crispy quinoa covered chocolate. Or wait, other way around. (laughs) Chocolate covered crispy quinoa. Love them. Love this brand. They're fantastic. And I will say for any of you vegans listening, they're not certified vegan because of their sugar sources. They're, I think, maybe working on it, but they can't call them vegan, even though they technically are. But sugar sourcing is a little tricky. So I just want to give that little, what's the term, like little factoid for anybody who's super concerned about vegan certification. These for me are worth the risk of not being vegan certified because they're so satisfying. I They also like the Kips granola bark. You don't get a lot in the bag, but that's probably for the better because if there was more in the bag, you would eat it. You would eat as much as they gave you. And they also have different flavors. They have like a blueberry flavor, seeds, pumpkin seeds and sunflower seeds. And then, gosh, the third one, I want to say it's like pomegranate or something. And then they have like a sea salt chocolate. They're just really hit the spot because the crunch factor and the sweetness and they're amazing. And lastly, the other brand that we only had two bags of and wish we had had more of, and I've been craving actually since I got back from the trip, is Free to Be Foods. I think that's another brand you've had, Jason. They make the sunflower butter cups or the sun, not sunflower butter, sun butter. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. I mean, either way, it is sunflower seed butter, but they call it sun butter. Yeah. That brand, their chocolates, their sun butter cups. Oh God. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I bet, yeah, you're like, I better zoom through these so I don't make Jason hungry. And here we are. <laughs> I'm getting hungrier by the minute. Yeah, I know. The sweets always get us. But yeah, the, the free to be foods, if you have a nut sensitivity or allergy, sun butter cups a really good alternative to peanut butter cups or almond butter cups. And they sent us like their little mini cups, which was also great because they they gave like a little bag of them. And I would find like one or two of those tiny cups would hit the spot. 
And so again, it was really nice that we didn't have too much of anything that kept us from overeating. And Leanne and I found that we actually didn't have massive appetites during the trip. I think we were just enjoying ourselves so much. Food was a little bit of an afterthought. The main thing I wanted to mention though, when it comes to food is how we ate meals. So we did talk about this briefly when Leanne was on the show, but we brought soup cups with us. I brought some Dr. McDougall soup cups and those were a game changer because not only did they save us money, I bought my soup cups online and they came out to like $3 a cup for dinner or for lunch. Sometimes we would have them twice a day, sometimes once a day, but $3 and Dr. McDougall's has incredible ingredients. All you need is some hot water. So in hindsight, I probably would have bought and brought one of those little propane burners because I think it would have been more convenient and we could have you know, used our own water. But because we didn't have one of those, we ended up just going into gas stations and asking for some hot water. And every single time, they refused to let us pay for it. So we had free water everywhere we went. I know that sounds kind of silly, but you never know at a gas station what they want to charge you for. I was going to well, say. Well, Leanne was convinced. Well, I think if you go to like a cafe, like Starbucks or something, they'll often charge you for hot water or even a restaurant will do that because I don't know, like oftentimes you need to use their own cups or I don't know why they would charge you for water. It seems silly to me as well, but apparently it's it's like kind of standard. At the gas stations though, they never charged us even when we, when we had to use one of their cups. We actually would bring in our new wave Enviro stainless steel containers, which was another thing I was really, really grateful. They're called the Safe Bowl, and they just came out recently. They are these wide mouth bowls that can be used for hot or cold water, and you can put meals in them. So again, like like in their advertising, they have like an acai bowl, and it will keep the acai bowl from melting. But we use them for soup, and we keep the water really hot. So because they're double wall insulation and they also have this like nice top to them that screws in and seals it, we could bring that into the gas stations, get hot water, and then we would mix our soups into these bowls and have like delicious hot meals every single night and sometimes for lunch as well. And it was super inexpensive, very convenient. And man, I have a... An, Greater appreciation for Dr. McDougall's, which Jason knows I've gone through a lot of phases over the the years that we've known each other of like being really into Dr. McDougall's soups. You know, I want to just talk, Whitney, about the level of appreciation you mentioned a few minutes ago. It's interesting how context and environment and circumstance plays a role, I think, in our level of enjoyment and appreciation in life. And As an example, I know whether we're talking about a road trip or one of my favorite things is when I'm at an airport or a new airport and I find a vegan product or a superfood or something organic and I'm like, oh my God, they have like a NOLA squeeze pack. And, you know, (laughs) I just feel like as an example, depending on context, I just always feel like if something's unexpected or it's in an environment or a situation I wouldn't expect it to be or there's a scarcity of something, I always appreciate something more in those kind of environments. And I feel like what you're talking about road trips definitely qualify for that. Oh, for sure. I mean, that was one of the greatest gifts of doing the road trip was 
having greater gratitude and awareness and appreciation for the small things. You know, I think Leanne and I talked about it in our episode with her, but there are times where we were short on water and it was like, where are we going to get water from? And of course, we could go into gas stations as we're plentiful, but I really don't like buying bottled water. And that's one of the reasons, as I said, I love the life straw so much. But even for like filling up our hand washing stations so that we could not only wash our hands, but we actually use the suds to go hand washing station to wash our face at night. We used it for brushing our teeth. Like I would take out my toothbrush and, and sprinkle some water on that to clean it off. Like the, the suds to go was really great for camping. And that leads me into the camping experience too. Speaking of appreciation, <laughs> I would say, I mean, talk about saving the best for almost last. I have a couple other products to talk about today, but probably the most important product I had, I mean, I guess food, food and water are very important, right? But you can buy those easily. Like they're kind of available. So if we needed to, we could have bought whatever we needed along the way. But the thing that I needed from the get-go to make this trip work was, and this is going to sound funny because everyone's so perplexed when I tell them about this, but I camped in my car. And this is one of the big inspirations for taking the trip. And when I tell people, or before I started this trip, I was like, yeah, I'm going to camp in my car. And nobody understood. They're like, what do you mean? How are you going to do it? So I have the Tesla Model 3. And one of the software updates they did about a year ago is called Camp Mode. And Camp Mode keeps the temperature regulated in the car. So if it's hot outside, it'll be cool in the car. And if it's cold outside, it'll be warm in the car. So it always keeps at the perfect temperature, which I determined, Jason, is 68 degrees for me. (laughs) That's like my ideal temperature in the car. So it keeps that on and it also allows you to plug in electronics. So you could charge your phone. I charge my my Apple Watch. I had a noise machine going in the car, with USB powered. Pretty great, right? But the next thing is like, how do you sleep in the car? And the back seats of the Tesla fold forward. So there's about six feet of distance between the back of the front seats and the trunk. So as long as you're a six feet tall or smaller, you'll be able to comfortably sleep in the car. Even if I guess you're over six feet, you could curl up into the, you know, a fetal position (laughs) if needed. It's pretty roomy back there. People have compared it to about the size of a twin mattress, but I think it's somewhere in between a twin and a full size. But here's the thing, the product that made this trip work so well for me was the test mat. So test mat makes a mattress for every Tesla. So each Tesla obviously has different dimensions. There's four different Teslas right now. And they make custom-sized mattresses that not only fit the Tesla perfectly, but they fold up into what they call the sub-trunk. And I assume all the Teslas have this. They do on the Model 3 for sure. There's the trunk that you open up like a normal trunk. But Within that, kind of where I think most cars would have a spare tire, there's a a whole space that's about the size of a little bit larger, actually, Uh, maybe like a suitcase. Your average size suitcase is probably a good visual for how big the space is. And the test mat has this memory foam mattress that folds up into the sub trunk perfectly with a little bit of room left over for a pillow 
and a couple other accessories. So the test mat comes with really nice bedding. So like um, a top sheet for it and a pillowcase. And then they also make the game changer also is called the privacy screen. So Testmat has you covered for $350 approximately. You get this incredible fold-up memory foam mattress, sheets, and the privacy screen. So I will be documenting all of this in videos, and I will embed them into this episode once I've produced them. I don't know exactly when I'm going to be done because I have a lot of editing to do. (laughs) But you'll be able to see me use them, or you can just go to Testmat's website and see it in action. When I came across Testmat a few months ago, I was blown away. I'm like, I have to have one of these things. Like, this is so cool. You can camp in your car. So you roll out the memory foam mattress, and then you put up this special screen around the windows, which blocks out light and completely blacks out the window so nobody can see inside. And thus, you have full privacy to sleep in your car, to change do whatever you need to do as if you were in a tent. And it was remarkable. Like Every night, I was in just such deep appreciation for Test Mat. And I loved the experience. It was comfortable. It was easy. It was just so much fun too. I had the pleasure, Whitney, of doing the test with you. I didn't have high expectations, I'll be honest. I mean, I know you were stoked in receiving the Test Mat, right? But then kind of when I saw the construction of it and how it laid out in the back, I was like, I don't know if this is going to be that comfortable. But when I, when I laid down with you on that thing before you left, I was like, damn, not only do I want to get a Tesla and have been wanting one for a while, and especially now that the Model Y is out, I have my eye on that. And that even has a hatchback, right? So I'm wondering how much comfort on a road trip getting a Model Y, their new midsize SUV, and then whatever test mat they're going to make for that model, you know, having the hatchback capability, right? So anyway, I was just blown away by how damn comfortable the thing was and also want one. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as I watched a bunch of videos of other people that have the test mat and one guy was like, don't expect it to be that comfortable because it's just meant for portability. But I think that set my expectations really low. So hopefully I'm not like, overblowing the expectations for a listener. But I I think I've done a lot of research on camping in the Tesla. And there's a few other brands that make mattresses. One of them is like two or three times the price. And then another one is super bulky. Like it takes up the entire trunk. You can only like fold it in half. So it did not make any sense for this trip. This test mat is so affordable for what you get. And you could actually use it like in a home too. You could bring it inside and lay on top of this mattress. It's pretty thin, but because it's memory foam, it was very cushy and it just worked perfectly. So, the, and the privacy screen too. I tried to rig up, <laughs> I think I'll probably put this in one of my videos, but I did a test run and I tried to rig up curtains in my car and it was a disaster. It was so hard to do. And the the privacy screen alone is like $50. It's so worth it. And it like folds into this little compact bag. And then you just like unravel or um, you take it out of the bag and hang it up. And I actually still have it hung up in my car in my parents' driveway. <laughs> so anytime I want, I can just go camp in the car. The second night that I was visiting my parents, I was still quarantining myself before I got my COVID results. And they had like a 
special room set up for me where I slept the first night I was here. But the second night, I thought, you know what? I'm actually more comfortable sleeping in my car than in that room. So the second night with my parents, I camped out in their driveway and I loved every second of it. So it's still set up that way. And it kind of blocks out the sun and the light from the car anyway. So it keeps it nice and cool in there. And speaking of which, actually, that leads me to the second amazing Tesla product I got, which is from this company called QuickSnap. And they make, what's the term for this, Jason? Window shades, right? Is that what they're called? Yeah, like a a, a sunshade typically That's is what right. it's called. Sunshade. Thank you so much. So I did a ton of research on sunshades for the Tesla. And ultimately, the best option is to get window tinting if it's allowed in your state. There's all different regulations around this. It's also quite expensive. It's like $500, I think, to get it done. So because I didn't have a lot of time and I didn't want to spend $500 plus getting my windows tinted, I found this company called QuickSnap. And they're actually like the best option that I found for Teslas. Because of the Tesla windows, they don't have frames around the top. They're frameless windows. So when you open up the door, there's no frame at the top. They just go up. The window itself just goes up and down. And there's a lot of cheap brands out there that make these lame sunshades and they've got horrible reviews. Then I found QuickSnap. And knew they were the best option because they're designed to fit perfectly in the window. And the reason they're called quick snap is you literally quickly snap them into place in the window. You just kind of press them onto the window and they hold in place as long as the window isn't down. I think they recommend keeping your windows up for it because they could kind of like pop out because there's no frame. And those were really great for two reasons. One is privacy. They're pretty amazing. When they're in place, it's really hard to look through the windows of the car. So I use that anytime we were parked during the day, I would put up the sunshades into the window so people couldn't really see what was inside since we had so many things in there from camping. And then I also use them during hot days when we were in California, Arizona, and Utah, it was like 100 degrees. And so Jason and I learned the hard way when we went on our road trip last year that in those states on a hot day, the sun just streams directly through the clear Tesla windows and makes it very uncomfortable, even with the air conditioning on. You can actually like get a sunburn from that. Plus, the UV rays can be harmful to your skin too. So sunshades are really good at keeping the temperature down, giving you some more privacy and protecting you from the sun. And the quick snap shades are really easy to put in. They were easy to take out. They came in like a little carrying case. So I just like slid them into the carrying case and tucked them in the back when I wasn't using them. And I'm so excited because that's something I can use all the time. It doesn't have to be for a road trip. Did you ever have a moment where you were worried about the sunshade like flying out or falling out of the window? Did that ever happen? Did you ever have a moment where you were like, whoop, 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 like, like, a, like a cartoon moment? Were you just looking for an excuse to use that sound effect? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I had not intended to do the whoop, 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 which is kind of the universal sound for like, oh, dope. It's kind of like pre-Homer Simpson dough was the whoop, whoop, whoop. No, because everyone kind of like since the since the yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. Well, because they snap, they kind of like are um, I don't know what the term is, but like when you press them into place, they're they have some tension. So like 
if you opened up the door accidentally with the quick snap on, they would like pop out, but not in like a grasshopper way. <laughs> they would just kind of fall down on the ground, but it, it actually wasn't that bad. There are a few times that Leanne forgot that they were on and opened the door. So, I mean, ideally, and quick snap warns you about this, by the way, there's no great way to uh, use a sunshade in the Model 3 because of the lack of frame. So the quick snap has really done the best they can. It's just kind of annoying, like when you would open up the doors and you'd have to put it back into place. And But I was so grateful for them that any of the challenges I had were not an issue. You just have to get used to it and remember it's there. And I just found them really easy to store away when I wasn't using them. And I loved the extra privacy of it too. That was a huge benefit that I wasn't expecting. So I could basically cover all the windows when I left the car and like not worry. Versus the privacy screen from Test Mat is like a little... That could work too for privacy if you're leaving your car, but it takes a little bit more work to put it on, whereas the quick snap is designed to be really quick. Gotcha. I'm glad that, that it worked without a hitch. You know, and it, it's kind of interesting because I feel like you're so enthusiastic about all these accessories for your car. And I know that that's kind of like a subgenre of, and you, you're the one always encouraging me, like, you should do a YouTube channel about cars, which is just kind of like a psychotically saturated market. It's not an excuse. It just is. But I kind of feel like Tesla accessories is a very specific genre that you seem to be just so so stoked about, Whitney. And there's a ton of stuff you haven't even tried yet. You could probably even just do, you could do like an eighth YouTube channel, Whitney, just on Tesla accessories. I could. And actually, thank you for bringing that up too, because I want to shout out Evanex, who was the first company I ever worked with with Tesla accessories. If you have a Tesla or you're thinking about getting one, go check out Evanex. I remember when I came across their website a couple years ago, my jaw dropped. I was like so excited about everything they make. They're a family-owned company that's thought of like every scenario, <laughs> every Tesla accessory for like the silliest things. A few things that I have from them that I love is I I got stickers for my Tesla emblem so that it, it looks red. It's a little detail that makes my car really stand out. Tesla does make some red emblems, but only for some of their models. So I kind of get to fake that my car is a different model, but I just love the way it looks. They also make wheel bands that I put in my car and you can pick different colors. So your wheels have a little what's the accent to them. So mine have a red accent on them and it protects it from rubbing up and getting scraped and getting your... um. What's the word, Jason? Uh, it's not your wheel. It's rims, right? Scratching your rims on the sidewalk when you're parking is a huge issue with cars that I had never realized before I had my car or the Tesla specifically. So I got these products called wheel bands for them. They have this cool card holder. And so, like a lot of it's very small details. And I did do a YouTube video pointing out some of them. Uh, they also make uh, a really cool car cover or a seat cover, I mean, for dogs. And that leads me to talking about Evie briefly before we wrap things up, because Evie was traveling with me. Evie's my Jack Russell Terrier, and she's done a number of cross-country trips or long road trips with me, and I've learned a lot about taking care of her. And I just want to shout out a couple things that really help. So number one, that seat cover I always have in the back seat, and that protects it from dirt. So Evie can just jump around in the back. And it's actually great for kids too. I've had like kids in there after playing in the sand and it just made it really easy to keep the seats clean. So I love that from Evanex. 
And then I have a special dog water bottle, which is not from a specific brand. I think it's called like, it's a play on the H2O. It's like, what the heck? <laughs> it's some silly name, like dog H2O or something, but like more clever than that. I'll put it in the show notes for you along with every other product we've mentioned, which has been a lot. We've mentioned like 30 plus products today. So if you're overwhelmed, don't worry. They're all listed out for you on our website, wellevator.com. But I do want to shout out one last brand, which is Wild Earth, another brand that both Jason and I love. We both feed our dogs Wild Earth. We've both worked with Wild Earth. I've been in a Wild Earth dog show that Jason hosted. We've done a lot with Wild Earth over the years, and we just love them as a brand. They sent me some of their dog food to take. And they also have these really great collapsible portable dog bowls that are so helpful. You can get a free one, I think, when you place an order with them. And so now I have like four of them. But I brought two of their collapsible bowls, one for water and one for her food. And she loves their food so much. And she just seems so satisfied eating it. I have all this cute footage of her eating her dog food while I was like, eating, you know, my McDougal soup cup or having a picnic somewhere. So I always felt like Evie was part of the the food experience. And the quick snaps really helped keep the light from Evie. It kept her cool in the back. That was kind of an ongoing challenge because there's so much glass in the Tesla, just keeping the temperature and the sunlight down. But also that water bottle. I will find the name I can't believe I'm blanking on it. You know what? I could go grab it, Jason, but I feel like while I'm grabbing the the bottle, you should try to guess what it's the pun. I feel like, oh, dog H2O. Do, hmm. This is a tough one. Usually I'm so quick. Sometimes on the spot I fail. Bark 2O. No, that's horrible. That'd be a horrible name for a product. Um, Fido 2O. <laughs> <laughs> That's really bad too. <laughs> I was like, Fi- I was like, Bark 2O, Fido 2O. I just I, like, you're getting, hey, warmer. listen, I'm really fun in brainstorming. I'm good in brainstorming meetings, but my style of brainstorming is I usually have like kind of shitty, like corny ideas until I get to the good ones. So I've got to sift through the crappy, corny ideas before I like settle on a good one. <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you out with this. What is another term? Fido 2O. No. It's not Fido. What's another name for a dog? Canine 2O. Yep. You nailed it. I will reserve judgment. It's no, it's technically H2O for canine. Huh. Okay. How did it work? How was it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've had this water bottle for almost Evie's entire life. So I don't even know if this brand is still up and running. Let's see. H2O for canine. It's great. It looks like it still exists. Their web- It doesn't look like their website still exists, but the bottles you can still get or other brands have copied them. But I think I bought it on Amazon like probably nine or 10 years ago. It's a great bottle. Like Every time somebody sees this bottle, they're like, wow, that's really smart. It's a stainless steel water bottle with a cap that doubles as like a little bowl for water. And yeah, there's tons of different versions of it, but I got this one because it's stainless steel. There's a bunch that are made from plastic and the top will screw on almost any bottle. So it's actually very versatile, kind of like the life straw. So I brought that and I would fill up her water 
I also New Wave Enviro makes a really big water jug that I brought with me. And so I would use that water jug to refill my water bottles and EVs. And it worked out really well. But the H2O for K9 was great for even when I was driving, like I could just unscrew it and and pass it over my shoulder and Evie would like lick out of the bottle uh, as I was driving the car. It was very convenient. So that worked out quite well. And did, uh, how was Evie's appetite? How did she do food wise? Did she beg? Did she like, what was her demeanor? I've been just the one cross country road trip with Evie and that was years ago, like seven years ago. So how was her demeanor, her appetite, her mood, the whole enchilada? Well, don't forget she came with us to Colorado last year, which was like a third of the way. That's right. Yeah. So you've, you've done a few trips. She's barking in the background. Well, you know, my biggest mistake was not bringing any treats with me. Long story short, but Wild Earth was going to send me some treats and I didn't get there in time, but they sent them to me in Massachusetts. So now she has them. I regretted not having treats because she always like seemed a little disappointed if Leanne and I were eating a meal in the car. And she didn't want to eat her kibble. She like wanted a treat. So that was a mistake. But Wild Earth's treats are really, really great. And then her appetite in general is a lot lower. There, I think she didn't eat for like a, the first day or so. She was just kind of like disoriented. And I was a little worried, but she started to eat after that. And it was completely fine. She was great, though. Evie is a phenomenal companion. The other thing that's been a game changer for me and this is a pretty generic dog thing, but you can get leashes that tie around your waist so you can ha- walk your dog hands-free. And that was really helpful if I had to like set up something while we were camping. I would just clip her to the waist belt. And like the leash that I have for her is uh, stretchy so she could either be really close to me or really far away. And that always kept her within my sight and attached to me so she couldn't run away. And uh, I actually got that for the for flights i've used at the airport a ton but it comes in handy and now i pretty much do all of her walking with that so i can link to that too i got that on amazon years ago and there's tons of brands that you can buy those from yeah it's like thinking back on those past road trips it's interesting because i feel like this one correct me if i'm wrong whitney but it sounds like this one was the most comfortable easy one you've yet been on Because I remember driving when we were on the Fiesta movement, when you were part of that program with Ford Motor Company, like at a certain point, I remember driving the Fiesta and I was getting so grumpy because the seats after like, you know, six hours were so uncomfortable and my shoulders started locking up. And I just remember at a certain point, I was just kind of like over it, but obviously significantly changed your car driving environment in the last seven years. Now you're in this Tesla Model 3. So overall, as we wrap this episode, how would you compare this cross-country jaunt in terms of comfort, accoutrement, snacks, just the whole experience? Like, How was this one overall compared to all the others you've done in the past? Well, I feel like it'll be super interesting because I still have to drive back to Los Angeles at some point. And so I'm curious to see how that compares to driving here. The Tesla Model 3 is the best car I've ever owned. It's incredible. It just, they've thought of everything. They're always developing it. It keeps getting better. Having all these accessories, having the right food, knowing how to stay hygienic, like all of those things. I did all my research paid off. I had the support of these incredible brands that sent me products and I learned so much along the way. So 
I mean, it was a phenomenal experience. I have there's very little that I would have changed in hindsight. And I think we talked a little bit about this in the episode with Leanne. But right now, I just feel so satisfied. And I'm so grateful that some of these products are not one single use, you know, like the test mat. Now I just want to use it anytime I, I can. You know what I mean? Like the test mat products are just so incredible. I think I'm going to want to camp whenever I have the chance with the car. I'm actually going to be going up to Maine while I'm on the East Coast and camping in my friend's driveway just simply because it's COVID, you know? And so that is very empowering. Having the water bottles and the hand washing station and all of those things are things that I'll continue to use and always have at my disposal. Anytime I want to go camping and just take better care of myself in the car, I can do it now. And I'm really grateful for that. Well, once again, I feel like I'm just living vicariously through this experience and perhaps... uh... Don't forget, you were invited. You turned me down. So this could have been you. It's true. Also, you know, there are other things that happened in life that I'm realizing timing wise, it was it was better for me to stay in LA, even with the wildfires and even with the earthquake we had last night that woke me up and I ended up throwing my back out a little bit. That's a whole nother story. But and now we have a giant military helicopter going overhead. Yeah, it it definitely. (laughs) Man, we got to take everything with a grain of salt and a lot of laughter right now, because I feel like without to pontificate spiritually here as we wrap this episode laughter and joyfulness and having a sense of humor about all of the batshit fucking craziness that's happening in the world right now, I think is one of the only things that's like keeping me through. So yeah, last night at midnight getting woken up by a a four point, what was it? A 4.8 magnitude earthquake. It was like, cool. What's next? Oh, right. The aliens are going to arrive right before the election. That's what's good. Everybody. Hey, cue the aliens, guys. Cue them. They're up. They're in the queue. So it's awesome, Whitney, that you have had this chance to do this road trip. But you know, even with the challenges and uncertainty and chaos and, and madness of life right now, we've got to find the joy. We've got to find the happiness. We've got to find the humor because um, I think that is one of the only ways we can mutually keep each other afloat with society doing what it's doing right now. On that note, dear listener, we are in store for another episode very soon. Uh, Whitney and I are actually going to dissect and dive deeper into what is probably the hottest documentary on Netflix right now called The Social Dilemma. Whitney and I have both had an opportunity to watch it over the last few days, and we have a lot of thoughts, some of them similar, some of them conflicting, that we are going to dissect the mental, societal, spiritual, financial aspects of social media as we have both been content creators and, quote, influencers. I don't know. There's got to be a better word for that. I just detest that word. We've both been in the industry pretty much since the damn thing started, since MySpace was uh, in its heyday about 15, 16 years ago. So stay tuned for the next episode where we dive deeper into the documentary called The Social Dilemma. And if you want to access all of the resources we mentioned in this episode, all of the great brands, everything that Whitney mentioned from the Tesla accessories to the eco-friendly products, the hygiene products, the foods, every damn thing we talked about, you can go to our website, which is wellevator.com. Once again, that's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. Go ahead and click on the podcast section at the top of the website. It will take you to this episode show notes. All of our episode show notes are in there as well. If you want to listen to any of our previous gems and we're on all the social media networks for now. (laughs) So you can access all of those in the show notes as well. And we will be back soon with another episode of This Might Get Uncomfortable. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to Wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.